Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. On this week's episode, Tom converses with Chris Isabel of iSecure, located in Grants Pass, Oregon. Chris shares how a core set of values he adopted from his years in the military have been integral to leading and running his shredding business. Chris also shares a simple model of process and performance, which helps him to improve the business on a regular basis. Not to mention, there is a great story about a bailer, so keep listening. Chris Isabel, welcome to the Shred Coach Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Tom. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice, and I'm glad to uh, talk to you today. You have been in the industry a long time. You and I have encountered each other over 20 years, it feels like, or it's been a long time. But for anybody who doesn't know you, tell me a little bit about iSecure. Tell me a little bit about your company. Okay. Well, iSecure, I read this article by this guy named Norm Brodsky. Oh, many years ago, I think it was 2000 or 2001. A lot of people know the norm is. And at the time I was doing something else in the finance business. And I read this article. I thought, man, that sounds cool. Totally different from what my regular job is, you know, numbers and just looking at numbers and the returns and all that kind of stuff. And it took a few years. We got started in 05, my partner and I, and sort of on a shoestring got a company going I secure stands for information security we thought that was kind of a good focus kind of described what we did but also more than that more than mm-hmm. just shredding and uh started with one truck and we were driving and doing everything kind of on the side so it was really a bootstrap make it happen kind of thing that kind of turned to uh Gee, I hope we're in business next year right. to, to actually, I think we can make a go of this. So, yeah. So 2005, you started, that was what the beginning point. Yeah. Oh, five. It was September 12th, 2005. Wow. So let's jump forward to today. Tell me about the size, scope, relative services offered by iSecure Information Security. Give me the, like the picture of today. The, yeah. The sort of moment in time. Yes. Okay. So I secure today is we're going to make it. So we're <laughs> 17 years Thankfully. in. I think we're going oh, to make it. So I was starting yeah. to worry there for a second. <laughs> it's actually, it's funny. I got on the board in 2006 and I remember joking with my partner saying, gee, I just got on the Nate board. I hope I'm still in business a year from now. It would be embarrassing to have to resign because we failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I secured today. So we're in Southwest Oregon and okay. it's a rural area. So you can imagine what that means for doing routes where you do some miles. Density is always a challenge, mm-hmm. but we run uh, five different trucks, five shred trucks. And we also do a little bit of records management, record storage for a handful of clients who really wanted it. So okay, but our bread and butter as it was in the beginning is on-site document shredding. We have added ITAD. We've added hard drive destruction. Right. But that's our bread and butter. We do our own uh, recycling, so we bale paper. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, we do. So you have your own baling plant, basically. You're backing your trucks up, dumping paper yeah. and shoving them through yep. a baler. Okay. Yeah, we have a facility, so we're able to do that. And started doing that in 08. So it took a few years, but we found this old horizontal baler up on top of a mountain in the woods, and that's the truth, and brought it back to life. Really? Didn't have to buy it, made it work. Yeah, it was a funny story. A good friend of ours said, you know, you guys are talking about bailing paper. Well, I was up in this 
in the woods the other day and there's a bunch of dumped equipment up there. People do that in Oregon. They just get rid of their equipment. They just go to the woods and leave it in the woods. So I said, you're kidding me. There's an horizontal baler in the woods. And we went and picked it up. Sure enough, brought it back to life. And we used that baler for the first 10 years. No. <laughs> so what kind of baler? I, I mean, I'm intrigued. What's the make and what was the make of that baler? Uh, I think it was called Global. I don't think they're, I think they've been okay. out of business for 20 years. So interesting. So yeah. it, you've got this old baler that you've brought back to life. It's in your plant in 2008 and you start pushing paper through that. And now you got yeah. a baling plant, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Getting rid of the paper was a challenge where we live. So did, being able to do that was sort of a game changer for us. Yeah. Mm. That was one of those fortunate things. How many staff are you running with five trucks? What What's yeah. your staff level? Yeah, we've got uh, a total of 10. We've got 10 on staff, four drivers. We, the owners are also licensed, but we, you know, we don't do routes anymore. Those days are past. Good. So we're pretty small, but effective. Yeah. We make the most of what we have. We've got our, our people like to hustle. So we get a lot done with a few resources. That's great. Thank you for sharing a little bit about what iSecure is. But as you know, this show is all about practical, proven stuff that's working more specifically recently than in the historic, you know, back at like, I love the idea of taking a baler out of out of the top of a mountain and, and making it work again. And that's great in 2008. But I'm interested now in what's working for you now or what specific strategy, tactic, implementation, intervention have you done that, that you've seen some really practical, pragmatic results from? Sure. Uh, a lot of what I do comes from my, I was in the military many years ago in the army. And so it's interesting how, how much useful skills and information you pick up in the military. It's a great education. And so a lot of business principles I still use that I learned in the army to this day, just daily operations. So I was in the infantry and we used to talk about our, our unit, our commander used to talk about being true, fast, and sharp. True, fast, and sharp. Yeah. So the idea there is sort of a military concept, you know, true being on target, fast being seize the initiative element of surprise is always an advantage. And then sharp is essentially be effective. So hmm. true, fast and sharp. And I, I've always remembered that I've applied that concept to just, I guess, our business philosophy. Mm -hmm. So it works when it comes to sales, it works with operations. And I can elaborate on each one of those, how those work, but that's really what dictates our processes both from a sales standpoint and operations standpoint is being true, fast, and sharp. We always talk about that. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by that because it's what you said. It's a philosophy that you've mm -hmm. now taken and molded from a military perspective now into a business perspective. So maybe start with an example of that because you mentioned it works in sales, it works in ops, but maybe give me an example yeah. of true, fast, and sharp in a sales perspective. Okay, good. Yeah. So imagine, if you will, a circle. At the mm -hmm. top, you've got the word process, and it's got an arrow that points to the right. And at the bottom is performance, and then an arrow off of performance pointing back up to process. So process is what sort of guides us forward, and performance is what we look at to see if we achieved and you know, our goals. So this true, fast, and sharp works really good in terms of the process side. So how we how we do sales, for example. Fast, you can look at that as the philosophy being, let's be responsive. Let's be agile. Mm. So you get a call 
and somebody's asking about service and then you get the information that you need to get from them. And in a lot of cases, that client, what they get from a company like ours may not be received right away, or it may not be just very good information, mm. might not, might not look good, might not be professional. Right. So to us being true, fast and sharp means that we respond immediately. So we've got, for example, templates that we use, sales mm -hmm. templates, yeah. proposal templates, they're all ready to go. So when we have somebody call in, they, they need a service proposal, we're able to, within a matter of minutes, really respond with the information they're looking for. That makes a big difference because uh, people oftentimes comment how surprised they are, how responsive we are, how mm. quickly we get back to with the information. So that's a valuable skill to have is to be able to respond, respond to people quickly and uh, with agility. Yeah. So does that also then something in the way your templates are written, is that what makes them sharp or true? Like how you yeah. write your templates? How do you envision that whole true, fast and sharp connecting yeah. back to these responsive templates? Yeah. Good question. I'll just go through the list here. So of examples I've got. So you talk about the first one, true. True to me is being consistent, being correct. What does that do for your customer? Well, it builds trust, mm. but also being simple, easy to work with. So correct, being consistent, having your information be simple, both in the verbal communication and your written communications. So correct, consistent, simple, easy mm. to understand, easy to work with. On the fast side, as I said, being responsive and agile, you know, if you're responsive, you're meeting the need quickly, uh, you're giving the customer a really positive experience from the very beginning. And the idea is to exceed their expectations from the very first conversation. Okay. I think a lot of companies think that if a customer is calling them and they want service, that it's in the bag. And that's not the case. There's a lot yeah. of competition and the, the expectation for a high level of service is I think is higher than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, sharp is, you know, look good, be good. So look good in terms of, and I know you'll appreciate this, your print materials, your communications, your branding. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus on that to the uh, detriment of the others, but look good, be good is competent, be competent. So those three ideas are all encapsulated in those points. So how then, because I, I love how you think about that, because it's a, it's a model that you live from, but how then do you take that and get it to resonate in your unit, right? Because yeah. in the military, it's a unit. And my sense is that because of that background, there's an element of this that you bring to your team. You mentioned earlier, you know, the kind of team you have, you know, it's not a big staff, but yeah. my guess is you've done something with uh, true, fast and sharp with them too. Right. Yeah. So here's a real practical example. So in, in order for us to, to really manifest those values and have provide the kind of customer service that is represented by that, the information that we share should be consistent and accurate. So one tool that is commonly used is a CRM. So we use a, a client relationship management program. It's a web-based program. And every time someone contacts us, whether it's to pay a bill or to request an extra bin or to inquire about service, we're taking a lot of notes with names. And so when our caller ID comes back up again and this customer's calling us back, they come up and we can answer the phone and use their first name. Say, hey, so Susie. 
Yeah. So is that auto generated? Yeah. And I'm just asking a really practical question because it yeah. matters to be fast and responsive is yeah. when the caller ID comes up, is that triggering your CRM system automatically or no, do you have not, to, it's a manual process? Yeah. So okay. we, our phone, our phone system presents the, you know, the credentials or the ID, and then we look them up as we're answering the phone. Got it. So okay. I know there are, there are applications that do that. We're not that sophisticated. Okay. No, I just wondered because th there's a technology aspect you mentioned. I just wanted to see if there was a correlation there. So yeah. you're using that CRM, that CRM holds the data so right. that when your team are talking to people, there is history, there is, there's yeah. all of this. Yeah. That seems so basic, but let me tell you, I mean, it is. I think it's a uh, really revolutionary. It, it's simple, right? Use people's names. Remember the last conversation. That's hard to do when you're a big company. Mm -hmm. So I, I understand there's limitations to how far you should take this, but I think for a lot of your listeners out there, they're, they're like me, they're a smaller company. Yep. You know, they're not publicly traded. And the reason they're a small company is maybe they've remained so because they want to know their customers mm -hmm. and they want their customers to feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. So, and if you've had any sort of uh, relationship with people over the years, remembering a person's name, remembering past conversations builds trust. And that goes a long way. If you want to have high customer retention, persistency of accounts where they're not moving, even if the price of a competitor is lower, those are the kinds of things that you do. Yeah. So when I asked about team, you told me about a system. So let's go back into your team again, because yeah. the first question I would have is true, fast and sharp, like something that you slap, you know, every time you go by a wall or, you know, you yeah. jump up and, or is there a grunt or, or, you know, a sound that you make when you, is this deeply <laughs> embedded in your culture or is it a philosophy that's embedded the way you've created the systems of your company or is it it's, both? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, we're not walking around with true, fast, and sharp t-shirts or anything like that. But, okay. But it, it's the principles that guide, you know, it's like a mission statement. A mission statement, if you have a business plan or a marketing plan, you look at that mission, but you may not be walking around muttering it under your breath every time you fill up your coffee cup. But at the same time, these are principles that we talk about to the point where I don't know that we really have to think about it. We just reinforce those good behaviors the value of information is high. You know, there's a yeah. premium on it, accurate information. So, right. Okay. Where do you run into obstacles with true, fast, and sharp? Where do you hit walls with this fast? You've already talked about how you respond quickly to things, but sometimes quick can also be a detriment because, and, and I'm, I'm asking that not to, you know, dig into the dirty details of your life, but but a lot of times we have philosophies that we run by and our teams have to implement those. So we create systems around that. But underlying that, we often, you know, at with a world that team change, there's a, you know, there's a transition in our staff, things like that. How do you get people to buy into that and at the same time deal with the inevitable stuff that shows up as a result of trying to be too fast sometimes or trying to be too sharp? I, yeah. It may be a weird question, but that's something that strikes me as you're processing this. How do you think about that? Well, I think we talk about being competent. Nietzsche, one of, I'm sure you're one of your favorite German philosophers there, had a great mustache, by the way. He talked about freedom is the ability, is an ability that needs to be constrained or disciplined if you want to be competent. I think that's the buy-in is we're ice secure. We're going to be competent. 
here's the benefits of being competent. We're going to look good. We're going to get sales. We're going to have loyal customers. And so it just broadens from there into this philosophy. But it's really, I mean, what we're talking about right now are values. Yes. Yeah. A way to manifest values. So if you just say, I value integrity, what does that mean? So you have to go deeper. Yeah. And you have to be more detailed, but not so detailed that it doesn't make a difference every day. How do you execute integrity? Well, I say, be true, be fast, be short, and yeah. be consistent. That's good. That's good because it. What, what I love about it is it gives something you can grasp onto. You know, when you go back into your history, back into the military time, into your time in the military, how did that true, fast, and sharp, was that something your commander, the base, whatever, and I'm completely butchering the way to say that, but (laughs) how does that get imprinted there? Yeah, well, it's simple, especially if you're in the infantry or any of the combat arms, you just have to, I hate to be so blunt, but you either win or you're defeated, so... You've got to be on target. You've got to be, take the initiative, the first to act, you know, you decide when the attack or when the defense happens to use a a swordsman kind of analogy, a sharp sword is an effective sword, Mm. though you don't want to use tools that aren't effective. So Mm. that's all, that's all comes from a a military training course because you want to win. You want to survive. You don't want to be the one that becomes the casualty. So. You seize on the initiative, you strike first. Hence the focus on tools, because when I asked you about this originally, you brought tools to bear, right? Yeah. So the swords, which are the bailing machine, yeah. but also the templates, the brochures, the things that you have ready to go are a yeah. really important part of it. So it's your toolkit, having your toolkit ready, but also yeah. having a team that's prepared. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, time is money. So yeah. if we're going to do this, do it in a competent way. Yeah. Don't waste time. You know, it's like if you don't maintain your trucks, then you're not, you're not going to be able to rely on them. So that's part of that being effective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. You said early on, picture a circle with process and performance built in. And you said yeah. that true, fast and sharp really related to process. How does it relate to performance or what's the performance part of the loop? Yeah. So in the finance world, we use a TTM is a reference stands for training 12 months. So when you look at investment performance as an investment advisor, you're always looking at things like standard deviations, averages, you know, relationship to risk and those things. But those are all trailing indicators. It doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you what happened. The process is how you affect future performance. So performance is really what happened. So in terms of business performance, you're looking at you know, sales volume growth, sales revenue growth, net income, customer growth, number of accounts. These are all trailing indicators that are your report card of how effective your process was. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't tell you what to do, but it tells you what happened. So performance is where the rubber meets the road. And everybody's got their own favorite metrics. I encourage people to create what I call a dashboard. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a one-page graphic that has all those key metrics, maybe half a dozen, no more that you pick out. Could be, like I said, account growth, sales growth, compare it to 12 months uh, ago, you know, June 22 versus June 21. These are all metrics that can be used. There's hundreds of them. So I'm just processing this. So true, fast, and sharp is how you manage your process. Yes. Uh, 
your process, if it's true, fast and sharp, should deliver performance. That yeah. performance should indicate that you're on track with that. Yeah, right. And you, so that's why it's a circle. You're it's, going process yeah. into performance, performance back into process. And so that military way of thinking means you're constantly moving your processes to impact performance. I mean, it's a, it's a always an in, integrated whole. It's not yes. independent of each other. Exactly. Back to the military analogy. We're talking about this a lot, so I'll just go back to it. In the military world, you have a, what's called an operations order. And that is kind of, here's the plan. Here's what we plan to do. Here's all the things you need to know to make a, make it successful. When it's over, when the mission's over, planning, mission, whatever happens, happens. There's something called an after action review. After action review. And that's really what happened and what do we need to make? What changes do we need to make? What worked? What didn't work? And so it's the same concept of process and performance circle. You create the plan, you execute it, and then you come back. What do we need to do different to make it better next time? Yeah, that's good. So how has this changed since 2005? So in 2005, you start the business. You still come from that military background. Has your way of dealing with process and performance and true, fast, and sharp adjusted or changed, say, in the last three years than when it was eight years ago? Um, not necessarily the results, but how you're implementing this philosophy and values. Yeah, well, it's changed because in the beginning, I was talking to myself. Mm. And, uh, you know, now I've got a team and there's unique challenges within that. Some of them very practical, like scheduling time to meet on a regular basis. Right. And making sure that the understanding is there in each set of eyes that you're looking at or on the same page. So that's the difference is when you become a, a manager of a company, that's just a couple people. And one of the people's you versus a team. Mm -hmm. And as people know, as you get bigger, that just becomes more important to be able to have competent managers that can help you with this process. So it just gets more complicated, but I, the principles don't change, but it's a little harder Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I often ask related to whatever somebody shows up with on this conversation, because I don't ever know what you're coming with. So when you come, it, it's a conversation that unfolds. But I'm always interested in what have you seen as the result of this? What's the practical ROI of living from a true, fast and sharp process into performance, back into process, into performance? What's the yeah. result of this in your business? Like, what, what are you seeing? How do you see it proving itself Yeah, versus just showing up every day and just getting in the truck and shredding stuff? There, yeah, there's a reason you have this as an underlying philosophy and value system, and it must do something for you. Yeah, right. I bet a lot of the audience is familiar with somebody that's getting a lot of attention the last couple of years, Jordan Peterson. And he's a psychologist, used to be a clinical psychologist, teacher, I think Toronto University. He's written some books recently, 12 Rules for Life, Turning Chaos into Order. I think that was 2018 he wrote that. But he's got a chapter in his book he talks about, you know, even a guy that's on a sinking ship is happy to get up into a lifeboat. And the idea there is that today I want to compare myself to who I was yesterday or my previous situation. Did I improve my situation? And so for me, I don't get too granular day to day on the numbers. So what I'm looking at to say, am I, am I moving in the right direction? Is there something about today where I, I'm just a little bit better than yesterday? 
kind of feed mm. off of Peterson's idea is don't compare yourself to other people per se, but you personally, as a business owner or a manager or leader, am I a little better? Did I do a little better than yesterday? Did I improve? Am I a better person a little bit in some way than I was yesterday? Am I more effective? Have we moved the company forward right. a step? So right. sometimes that's very uh, technical, but sometimes yeah. it can just be, yeah, I think we are, we are improving. We're getting better. We're making fewer mistakes. We're getting more accounts or right. we're saving money, you know, right. a little, and, little bit, stay. Yeah. And day after day, those 1% add up, those yeah. 1% improvements where you've gone from process into performance and you go, what's the 1% incremental thing we can do exactly. today? that's slightly better. And it's not these big, massive jumps. It's incremental growth and movement towards a better yes, result. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And when you're uh, I would say younger, or at least younger in the business, you're impatient. Mm -hmm. You want it to, you want it to happen because yeah. maybe, you know, somebody, or you read this article and you know, I've been doing this for five years. Why aren't I independently wealthy by now? Well, there's other ways to measure success, but you're exactly right. Focus on the incremental day by day improvement. Yeah. The the results will be there. Yeah. It's no, it's inevitable it's inevitable at some point. Yeah. That's really cool. As we get to the end of this, I, I was digging into your LinkedIn profile and like we said, we've talked for, I don't know, maybe 15 years. We've known each other, but I'm digging into your LinkedIn profile and a discover in there. And you mentioned it earlier, you're in the investment business. And I didn't know that about you. You were a registered investment advisor. And what's intriguing to me about that is how that you've brought your military training and thinking and philosophies into this business. What has your investment advisor training, learning experience brought to the business? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I think in the course of my work as an investment advisor, I, I worked with a lot of trusts and retirement plans and institutional kind of stuff. So I got to be around successful business people. Mm. And so I paid attention and watched what they did to be successful. Their mannerisms, their habits picked up a lot on that. I think a lot of the way I look at today in terms of data, you know, having a performance dashboard, that all comes from my numbers day, all right. that kind of stuff. So it was, it's been invaluable, but really the biggest thing was, and this would be an encouragement too, for the listeners would be hang out with successful business people. They don't necessarily need to be made members or even in our same industry, but there's a lot to be learned from mentors that, that you can mm -hmm. communicate, communicate with and connect with. And I think that's one of the biggest contributors to success is to be around successful business people. Yeah. Yeah. Rub elbows with them. Yeah. That's great. Well, Chris, I uh, deeply appreciate you the, spending the time to talk about true, fast and sharp. I love that. I think it's a really helpful, even if somebody doesn't employ it, using that mechanism and the value structure that you've talked about in their own way allows them to, to actually engage some really cool results. And I just appreciate you sharing it with us and sharing your philosophy, your values, and what that's done for your business. So thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks again for listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Make sure to tune in every week for a brand new $10,000 strategy or idea from trusted shredding and business professionals.